Hi everyone, welcome to another episode in the Leading Safely podcast. Today I have a different type of episode for you, as most of last week I spent at the Global Safety Innovation Summit in the very beautiful Wollongong, rubbing shoulders with the who's who of human and organisational performance and the Safety Differently space. The summit brought together over 600 people from 175 different organisations. I know that a lot of my connections could not make it to the summit, so I thought I would share some of the key takeaways and some reflections looking back on it. But before we get stuck into those takeaways, I want to share with you that at the summit, I actually had the second biggest highlight in my career. The first was writing a book with Sydney Decker, obviously. The second was sitting in the hotel's bridal dressing room with Todd Conklin and Sydney Decker and recording a podcast episode for pre-accident investigations, Todd's podcast, on the topic of the book. It was absolutely surreal. I don't know whether I was drooling or if I looked like I was hyperventilating or just smiling like a serial killer because Todd actually asked if I was breathing. I will share a copy of that recording as a special episode on here in the next few months. Now. As most of you already know, I advocate and operate within the human and organisational performance space, and having spent 12 months completing my grad certificate at Griffith University with Sydney Decker, I can honestly say that it's not that I learned a tonne of new information while I was at the summit, more that I could listen to the experiences of others who have walked the same path that I am on and could hear about their struggles and their successes. It also really qualified for me again why I do what I do. For me, that self-confirmation started with Todd Conklin's presentation, and of course, it isn't a Conklin presentation without reiteration that we need to start defining safety away from the absence of accidents or injuries and more towards the presence of capacity to fail safely. Todd also made mention that when it comes to implementing HOP or safety differently, generally it's a lot harder to get the senior leadership team on board than it is to get the front line. I think that definitely aligns with what I've seen and experienced. Frontline personnel have always said, what you're saying, Georgina, is what we do. It's what we want those honchos back in the office to ask, but they never do. Whereas the leaders, who may be more traditional safety oriented, will say, why do we need to change? We've been doing it this way for years and we've got zero injuries to prove it. My response to that would always be, yes and you probably have a zero reporting culture to go with it. Todd also said, if you want different outcomes, you need different inputs. And I think that ties in nicely with that saying about insanity being doing the same thing and hoping for different results. A lot of us have been doing this for a long time without getting the results we want. So Todd says to achieve those results, the ones that we want, we also really need to identify the place where the people meet the system, to ask some new learning orientated questions and to really dig deep to find where the risk is the highest and the controls the lowest. The other two kind of really impactful statements that stuck for me with Todd's presentation were, fatalities don't happen because we failed to prevent the event. They happen because we failed to control the event. And fatalities only happen in normal work on normal days. So we really need to understand what normal work looks like. I completely agree with this statement and think as professionals, when you're in an office, coordinator or advisory role, the value you gain and where you can make the biggest impact is with having conversations with your frontline and really taking time to discover, as Andrea Baker likes to say, the good 
the bad and the ugly of normal work. I feel like normal work is the hot topic of the moment, like all the influencers should be making TikTok videos about what normal work looks like. The other great thing that Todd said was, as organisations, we think we rely on procedures to be followed, but that's not actually the case. What you actually count on is people using, adapting, and working to those procedures. And this is very different. Diane Chadwick-Jones, who I've previously interviewed for the podcast, was the next person with some great insight. She said there needs to be four major shifts in thinking to successfully operationalize HOP. The first thing is that thinking needs to change from who is accountable to what were contributing factors. The next thing is, as a leader, trying to show you care by telling workers to try harder needs to change to actually understanding what challenges the frontline are experiencing when it comes to health and safety. The third thing is thinking, follow the rules or be punished, needs to change to follow the rules and if you can't, please speak up and let us know. Finally, the old chestnut question around what are the risks needs to change to what makes work more difficult. Then, moving on to the panel of legal minds, the main message I got from their session was at the moment we are building systems for failure rather than for success. And we really need to be focusing on building a system that maximizes success. Things like providing adequate resources, building trust, creating the right organizational culture. That message was also echoed by the team from Chevron, who also said that we need to learn more from when things go right not just when they go wrong. I definitely have heard this argument time and time again, and it's especially relevant when the only time field-based personnel might see a safety professional is when there's been an event and the safety person then wonders why they get treated like rubbish when they go out for a work, or worse, when the answer is obvious. They don't know who you are or what you stand for, so they definitely don't respect you enough to give you the time of day, let alone an account of what happened after an event. Bob Edwards' presentation was also great. On a side note, I did not know that he had so many children, but the one thing that stood out for me from his talk was that there are a lot of safety people who've come off the tools into a safety role. There's also a lot of leaders who've been promoted from within. And so when you go out into the field and are dealing with someone in a role you previously were in, it might be a little bit more challenging to be curious because you might think you know their answers as you've probably done their job before. Bob says to assist with reframing, you can say, are you used to do your job, but I don't do it anymore. What's it like now? The overall themes of the first two days were very much around changing mindset and thinking about doing safety differently. Not the DECA movement as such, but more just as professionals, we need to assist with influencing the change in thoughts, questions, learning, etc. Day three was really cool and started with a prezzo from Dr. Sahika at Tesla. It's always great to get a slight insight into the thinking of Elon Musk even if it is indirectly through his staff. Dr. Sahika made a con- whatever that documented process is. For those of you who don't know, the black line represents work as intended, which refers to an organization's procedures, work instructions, guidelines, etc. Whatever that documented process is. It is a black line that is static and does not move. Then the blue line, which is known as work is done, refers to what actually goes on when those on the front line or the work workers actually do their job. And we know that for a number of reasons, workers do not follow the black line. So what Sahika said was the black line 
does not actually exist because it is different for every single person and the role and it's open to perception. It's an interesting thought to ponder, that's for sure. I also really like that Tesla categorized their incidents into one of two levels. They're either life-changing or non-life-changing. I think that's fantastic. I mean, how easy is it to understand regardless of what level you are within the organization or what your background is? At Tesla, it's mandatory that a learning team be completed for all life-changing actual or potential events. And for events that are not life-changing actual or potential, they complete what's called a SAFE, an S-A-F-E, which stands for Safeguard Analysis for Events. And this includes the questions, what safeguard work? What safeguard didn't work? And finally, what safeguard did not exist but could have worked? I really like how simple that is and how learning orientated the focus of the event becomes when you're asking those specific types of questions. Even your first aid injuries become something that you can learn from. The other interesting thing that I took away from Sahika's presentation was the fact that Tesla do not worry about a stop work authority, which so many organizations harp on about. At Tesla, the message is they say, Focus on when it is safe to actually start work in the first place or don't start work unless it is safe to do so. Finally, a quotable quote that I took from Sahika and something that I kind of took to heart because it applies not only organizationally, but I think in life in general as well is before you listen to your loud majority, you really need to listen to your silent minority. From a safety perspective, I feel like this speaks to, again, that learning about normal work. For me, normal work is where the golden nuggets of information lay about the conditions that may be dormant, those ones which tomorrow are going to lead to an event occurring. So just because you aren't having events today doesn't mean you haven't got anything to learn from as an organisation. In fact, far from it really. Ben Hutchison was also up on day three. Here's someone who I've been following for some time and he did a really good job on the topic of audits. From his research, he pointed out that while audits are great for checking that something exists, like a control, for example, they do not check that the control is working effectively. And he referred to this as failing silently. He also called out the fact that audits look at products of work, but not at the work itself. So whilst they might be a useful tool in some instances, they should not be used to indicate or determine how safe an organisation might be. All the other presenters on day three were really great. And I feel like day three was where the reality kind of sunk in with people like Jody Hurd and Alex Farah sharing their real life stories on implementing and operationalizing HOP at Shell. Alex in particular was great coming from an operations background and basically telling it like it is, challenging and on most days like pushing poo uphill. I really enjoyed his feel because in all honesty, I did feel like despite the intentions of the entire summit, a lot of the presentations, actually the vast majority, really just shared what they had done to implement HOP and how great things were. This, to me, felt at times like they were skirting around the topic instead of really providing the nuts and bolts and real life of influencing such a huge change in mindset. There was only a small minority like Alex that took it to the level of how they implemented it, as in what tools, what conversations, etc. were used, as well as what challenges they faced. Anyway, I hope that this has provided you with a few thoughts to ponder or topics for discussion in your workplace or even your home. 
and may have even inspired you to save the date for when the Global Safety Innovation Summit comes around again next year. If you want to know more about anything that I've run through or even want to challenge my thoughts on something I've said in this episode, please feel free to reach out to me directly via LinkedIn. Until next time, stay safe.